The podcast that you're about to hear contains acts of sex and violence. The hosts do not claim to be experts on the subjects that they present. Listener discretion is advised. And welcome to Brutal Nation, boys and girls. I'm your host, Scott Alexander. Right across from me is the one, the only, the terror herself, Tammy, the underdog, Underwood. So I have something to ask you folks, okay? A little favor, poo. Listen closely. Whatever streaming service you use, if it's Spotify, Apple Music, or Apple Podcasts, uh, Pandora, I think we're on Pandora. Um, I know that we're on Spotify, whatever you get it from. Can you go on and leave us a, a decent review? You know, uh, because one of our serial killers that I talk to all the time was a bit upset at a bad review that we got uh, because apparently I have a foul mouth and I make too many sex jokes. Yeah, go figure, because it's kind of what we do. But anywho, if you enjoy the show, please, 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 I'm asking you, do me that favor. All right, this is call number two that we got from Keith Jesperson on April 8th of 2023. Let's jump right into the call. All right, welcome All back, right. Keith. Okay, so the uh, after I killed her, um, I was thinking to myself, God, you know, now I have to get the, I had to get outside, and I had to walk up there to this guy that drives the security vehicle, and I said, hey, I need you to move ahead so I can get out of there. And so he did. He moved his pickup off the side, so I had to pull on out, and I drove on down to the, there's a convenience store on the frontage road, I pulled alongside the, uh, on the sidewalk there, towards the sidewalk, and I got out with my thermos, walked back, and there were several cop cars parked there at that convenience store, and I walked in there and got myself a thermos full of coffee and everything, and, and it seemed like it just, it, it always happens like that, you know, you, I, I commit a murder, and the first place I stop at has a bunch of cop cars getting coffee, you know, it, just, it, it never fails, I mean... It happened in the Bennett case when I was uh, I pulled in there to Troutdale and I hadn't been sitting there that long and all of a sudden you know state police cop cars show up and they come and sit right next to me. It's like they have a sixth so, sense. They're all hmm. There's a murderer afoot. Well, they have no idea. I mean, they don't. They really don't. <laughs> and and so I you know I I, I got you know I said hi to them and everything like that. I was very cordial and and there was. I, I would learn from from experience that they don't know what's going on, and they don't, and they would, you know, it'd, it'd be a shock to them if I said, "Oh, by the way, I got a dead body out there in my truck right now, and I just killed, you know, t- ten minutes ago." And and can you all help me with that dead body by the ch- by by chance? I mean, yeah. you guys don't look like you're doing much. Okay. Yeah, but give give a brother a, a hand. Yeah. yeah, help a brother out. Let's go get <laughs> get, get this taken care of, right? <laughs> right. Where's a good place? Where's a good place where I can dump her? me anytime soon, right? <laughs> exactly. Right, right. Yeah, so anyway, I went back in the truck, got in, I got back on Interstate 10, and I was heading uh, heading west, and I got, and I started thinking, where am I going to put her? And I drove along, and, I, and at, at exit 11, uh, I decided to pull off and see, and, and on the shoulders of the on-ramp is a wide shoulder, I mean, there's a um, there's a wide shoulder lane that goes up quite a ways before it hits the highway. And I pulled up as far as I could and parked, and I went for a walk to the north, and there's a tree row, and there's a fence on the other side of the tree row, and I figured, well, I'd put her in the tree row. I went back to the truck, and I was contemplating, you know, here, I, what to make sure 
that nothing came out of it. I know I fed her quite a bit, and and then I was thinking maybe now when I did strangle her that uh, um, I smelled feces, so I'm, I'm sure she, you know, and, and I, I found out later she did actually poop herself, and then uh, I had to clean that up, and I had uh, used a couple plastic ties, 14-inch uh, plastic ties, two of them together, and I wrapped around her neck and, and secured it. I didn't know what was going to come out of it. I picked her up and carried her with anything would come out or not. I had no idea. I just, everything was just trial and error as, as the murders go. So I picked her up and I carried her. Now, in, in systems on, the, on their Peterbilt, they didn't have a, um, uh, the sleeper on the passenger side, there was no door, only on the driver's side door. So I, had to, I just carried her out to the passenger door of the, of, the pick, of the truck and I hauled her over to the tree row and I set her in the tree row. And then I took off, and I headed west again. And, you know, like I said, once I get get out of the area, then the further away I get away from that, the, the least, least likely anything's going to happen. So I drove up to, um, went, uh, went into Biloxi, Mississippi, and I parked in at a Flying J truck stop there, and that's where I went through her luggage. And I found that she had some tarot cards, a boombox radio and like an RCA boombox radio and she had uh, a luggage tote and uh, I think you know she, it, they had a lot of bark and, and stuff that she picked up along the way you know I thought she might have been uh, uh, one of those uh, that, that, that studied the, um, the the nature or something like that so I I just went through it all, and, and I kept the I kept the tote because I thought I could, through, you know, use it to carry my tarps around in the trailer, and that didn't work because it, it just fell apart right away. But the boombox radio, I ended up giving it to Stephanie, who is the the daughter of Adrian Meyer. Um, I gave it to her, figuring it'd be all right, and the rest of it I just tossed it off. I just threw it away. Now, um, in October, November of 1994, I was in Houston, Texas, and I was driving down there picking up a load of, uh, I had three pieces of pipe to pick up to go to Tacoma, Washington. And that night I'd read a True Detective magazine, and in that True Detective magazine, that's when I found out I was a happy face killer because it said that Oregon have another Zodiac killer. And I read the... Uh, I read that the uh, uh, that's what they were calling me. I read this. I read to open it up, and I said, "Oh, we're gonna have another Zodiac killer by Frank Hughes." And uh, I read this thing, and I was thinking, well, "Where's the Zodiac?" And all of a sudden, I read that my I see my letter that I wrote to the Oregonian. That's how I found out. But I wrote to the uh, it was a New York-based publisher. There was a lot of mistakes in that story about you know the, you know the Bennett murder. There's a lot of mistakes in it, and I wrote a couple of the mistakes. I said, "This is not not true. That's not true." I sent it to the New York Publishing Company, and as proof, I gave them the location to my Florida case on Exit 11, and that's how they know. That's when when I was arrested. That's how they knew that this Florida case was mine was because of that letter that went to that publishing company. Now that letter that I sent has never been revealed. 
Um, the police have never brought it out. I mean, I wrote and I, I called uh, my, my murder in Florida my, my 56th murder, not my 6th murder. I, I was just, I threw a, a curve at them. You know, I wanted to make them think, who's going to be my 57th or 58th and just keep on moving, right? So I sent that off there. Now, that's how they learned that that was my case. And then uh, when I was arrested in 1995, of course, dealing with my attorney, my attorney, uh, we were dealing with Florida at that time, and we were talking to detectives, and uh, a detective, Glenn Barbary, showed up in 1996 to talk to me, and he seemed more interested in proving or having me prove that I, I killed another person in the Tampa area. As it turns out, it's the same case claimed by Sam Little in, in recent years as one of his victims. But they were trying to get me to, to say I killed this other gal so that they could bring me there because they had a family that wanted to yell and scream at me. But I told them I didn't do it and we wasn't going to do it. And so that's kind of how that went along in, in the investigation. Now, in 1996, the case was closed because I was doing too much time in Oregon and other other states. They had no interest in a court date with me. But in about 20 years later, uh, the um, uh, a detective from uh, West Palm Beach, Florida, contacted me, and they wanted me to uh, make a picture. You know, they figured because I'm an artist, I, I should remember what the hell she looks like because all they found was skeleton remains when they, when they actually found her. So they wanted me to, to give them an idea, some kind of idea what she looked like. And I thought, how the hell would I know? I don't want to, it was dark when I'm, you know, it was, it was dark that night and I was driving and, and I glanced over and looked at her. I mean, the profile, whatever, she's a blonde girl, about five foot nine, ten, in a, in a flower pattern dress. How the, how the fuck would I know, friend? So I said to him, I said, well, I'll tell you what, I think she looked like Nicole Kidman. And of course, <laughs> now you, you laugh at this. This is this one I told him. I said, this is what I told the cops. This is Dennis Haley uh, of West Palm Beach. I said, I think she looked like Nicole Kidman. And of course, within a week, they had sent me as many pictures as they could of Nicole Kidman. <laughs> as, reference, <laughs> as reference to you know, kind of jar my memory kind of thing or whatever like that. So I just took one of the pictures of Nicole Kidman. I said, well, okay, I'll just draw this one, put a little curly thing in her hair to hang down, because that's what she had, a little curly thing in her hair, and that's all I remembered was a curly thing. I didn't remember what her face looked like. So that's what I drew, and I sent it back to Florida, and I said, this is the, the picture of the girl, right? Of course, it's a picture of, of Nicole Kidman. And that's what I sent back. Now, that's the one they have, they've shown, they put on TV and everything like that. This is how gullible the damn cops are for doing that. I mean, seriously. Come on. It's fucking hilarious, though. At least to me, because I have a a fucked up sense of humor, though. But that's that's how that picture came about. I mean, I didn't, you know, they're asking me something that, you know, 30 years old. How the hell would I know what she looked like? I think the total amount of time that I saw her, maybe an hour and a half. You know, I told him, you should have asked me this very question in 1996 when I was talking to you, when I was talking to Glenn Barbary, when he came to talk to me, while my lawyer was talking to Florida about the deal they were making. 
and there's a guy said, well, what the hell, you know, this is, this is how it is. Now, in, in 2022, uh, when, uh, Don, you know, when, when Patricia Skippel was identified through DNA on Ancestry.com, they got more involved in this, and now they're, they're, they're running the DNA to see if, if that is the case, if, if they can, they, ident, uh, they can identify her. Now, the police, they also hope that she was the granddaughter of some famous actor in Italy, and of course, that was the talk of the town. Like, if they, if they could prove that's who it was, then of course all all bets are off. That uh, there was no longer going to be a deal to a life sentence. There was going to be a uh, a trial, death sentence, and all this other shit because they wanted to push that narrative along because they wanted to kill the happy face killer. All right, that's what Florida wants to do. They wanted they want someone they want a family to yell at me kind of thing. That's that's what they're after, and so. That's where we stand right now with my number six is that um, um, I killed her. I put her in a, in a tree row, and uh, they know that I did, and I admitted I did, and I told them everything in 1996 what I did, and then in, in I think 2017 is when I, I did that Nicole Kid, Kidman picture, and they've run with that ever since, and they're hoping that the DNA will pop up one of these days, and they'll have a a family that will yell and scream at me if they happen to take me to court. And of course, I just turned 68 on Thursday. That's right. I forgot to wish yeah, you a happy I birthday. Wish you a happy birthday too. And well, I thank you. And I was actually reminded of that. And I've got sticky notes everywhere that that, that actually say, "Make sure you tell Keith happy birthday." And here I am, well, like an idiot, fucking forgetting again. Well, th- what I'm bringing that up for now is the fact that let's say Florida. Hypothetically, now if Florida decides they are going to take me there to trial, uh, let's say it's going to take them two years to take me through trial, and if I'm guilty, put me on death row. They killed Bundy in about what was it, 15 years? It took them the 15 years after all the appeals and all this other stuff. So let's say we go through the appeal process another 15 years after that. That's 17 years down the road. I'll be 85 years old. My mother died at age 56. I've outlived her by 12 years already. My dad died at age 87, and of course, he had three bouts of cancer, and he survived all three, and then he died of, of uh, exhaustion, pretty much, because he had been a welder all his life, design engineer, and he'd been around all that gas, and he was sucking oxygen out of a tube when he, was, when he passed away, so the chances of me living past 85 naturally are pretty slim. Wow. So... So that's the way I have to look at it. I mean, this is how they would have to look at it. If Florida wants to spend the money uh, to take me there and prosecute me and put me on death row and spend the millions and millions of dollars to make sure I die in prison, they're kind of defeating the purpose because I'm going to die anyway because I'm going to, my outdate in Oregon, I'll be 108 years old. And then I go to, then I go to, then I go to Washington for 34 more years Then I go to uh, Nevada, uh, no, 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 I go to uh, Wyoming for 25 to life, and then I go to California for for a life without, and I'm currently doing a, a, a you know, a, a 25 to life out of California right now. Wow. You know, concurrently. So I have six murder convictions, and uh, they would just be adding another one. Right. You know, on, on the hope, on the hope that they could kill me, that they could kill me, literally, you know, stick a needle in my arm. And then I and 
currently I suffer from atrial fibrillation. I am overweight, and uh, who knows what will happen. Right. Well, given, given the previous uh, medical problems that you had, just what was it, a few months ago when we had the whole catheter thing, you know, <laughs> it wouldn't be worth their time. Like, seriously. Yeah. It, if, they, if they did decide to, to, to pull you back to Florida, in my personal opinion, that would be the dumbest friggin' thing that anybody could ever do. But keep in mind, stupidity they're runs not, rampant not in Florida. In the world. <laughs> yeah, you know, that's they're, they're, they're not the smartest in the world, and they, they, they think they are. They think it's a cat and mouse game. It's not. It's not about them. It's not about me. It's not about anything. It's about justice or a pound of flesh. That's what they want, a pound of flesh. They want to. Mm-hmm. They want to be the one to, to say we're, we're going to do this. But anyway, this is this is this is the extent of, of my number six case. Is that uh, yes, I killed her at the rest area at exit eighteen. And that's Okaloosa County now. I don't know why West Palm Beach was got involved because that would be in o- Okaloosa County, and that's in the Panhandle of Florida, which is a long way away from West Palm Beach. But apparently. You know, they, they, they picked up the case or any case in Florida, and they want to push the narrative of, of getting the, uh, a serial killer off the street, which I'm already off the street. I don't question anything that comes out of Florida anymore, like seriously. There's a whole website that is dedicated to the Florida man, which is the dumbest shit that Floridians do. And I'm talking some dumb shit. So, I mean, with the stuff that happens in Florida, literally nothing surprises me. You could have had a freaking case way down to Fort Myers, and I wouldn't be surprised if somebody from Jacksonville said, it's close enough to us. <laughs> I mean, well, it's the total yeah, opposite end of the state, but eh, close well, enough. Close enough. <laughs> well, they, you know, in 1996, Glenn Barbary comes in and he says, I know you killed this one, but what if you just admit you did this other one too? And I said, well, what, what do you mean the other one? So he lays down a bunch of photographs of the crime scene. Right, of where they found the body and everything, and what the what the victim looks like, you know, the family and all that kind of thing. He shows this all to him. He says, "You did this, didn't you?" And I said, "No, I didn't." And it'd be, this would be like the, like me being, you know, John Pavlenock, you know, John and, and Laverne Pavlenock, uh, claiming the Bennett case all over again. This right. would be me doing this, be claiming a murder that isn't mine, and then. What is, and I threw this at him. What if the real killer comes forward and claims and is able to prove it? And he's like, oh, come on, just, just admit you did it. And I said, I'm not going to admit anything, you know. And, of course, as it turns out, Sam Little, the serial killer that killed 90, 100 people, claims that that is one of his murders and actually is able to prove that was one of his murders. And when I bring this up to the fact, I said, all right, well, Glenn was trying to get me to say that was mine. And they said, well, no, he, he, they talked to him, and he said, no, he didn't. And he said, well, the question, well, fine, well, he showed me a bunch of pictures. Why don't you make up a collage of all the pictures and throw some of the pictures of that crime scene in, and I'll pick out the crime scene photos. And, of course, when, he, when they brought that up to Glenn, Glenn said, all right, fine, I, I showed him those pictures. Jesus Christ! Nice. He he had. I caught him, and we caught him in a lie. I mean, this is what happened. And he he realized that he was caught in a lie, and he had to had to come forward with it. Yeah, he he was going to try to. He was going to push it all the way. That's what he wanted to do. But it wasn't my intent, right? That's not what I was after. I was 
I said, I'm going to take responsibility for what I did. I'm not going to take responsibility for anybody else's crimes because, like the Bennett case, you just never know. Yeah. Shit could, you know, one of those things that, you know, one could come out and bite me, it could bite me. Right. It's just one, yeah, there's no point in it. Well, see, and that, like did said, ha- in, that did happen with Sam Little's case, too, because they had somebody in Florida who had been arrested and admitted to killing, I think, three of Sam Little's victims and come to find out that, you know, years later, they, you know, they had to set him free because it was like they he could prove that he didn't do it, you know? So, yeah, and then what, so what happens? The guy that's already in jail for some other murder and they, they got him on these? That's probably, Glenn Barbary was probably the one that went up there and convinced the guy to say it. Yeah. Because yeah, most of the time, you know, from, that'd be my guess. From what I've seen, a lot of, a lot of detectives just really want to just close cases. And it doesn't matter if it's right or wrong, just yeah. get the case closed, you know? And it's, you know, morally, and I, I don't take the moral high ground on many, many things because my morals are kind of askew to say the least. Um, yeah, but as far as justice and, 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 and the morality that, that pertains to, uh, to to justice, it's not right to say, hey, look, you're already on death row. Admit to these other cases so that I can close this up. Why, man? Do some work. If you can't find the, the, the killer, then, hey, you can't find him. But don't sit there and fuck with someone else. That's... Well, the problem with that is, the real problem with that is that you gain more people that will hate you. Now, that may not sound like much, but in prison it is. Right. Because everyone, you you get enemies, right? So everyone that you've killed or didn't, you claim you did, their family may have family in prison that's waiting to get at you at any moment to kill you. Yeah, I was just going to bring Why? that up myself, yeah. they're bringing, they're, they're, they're trying to... They're saying that you did this, and you're doing it to solve a case for the police, but you're not really solving a case at all. You're allowing, you're basically allowing another killer to go free. Yeah, exactly, exactly. This is and they don't see it that way. Yeah. All they're seeing is that well, we'll catch that guy on whenever we catch him. We're not going to, and he's not going to admit this other one anyway. So we'll just get you to do it. Uh, when I came to prison with all this credibility I had, I had inmates coming up to me. Why don't you claim that? You did my murder so that I can go free. Yeah, you're not said, talking about that. Who the hell are you? <laughs> like, who the hell are you? Why would I do that? I mean, this is, I don't know you. I mean, in, in order for me to prove that, then he, he would have to give me all the details of the crime. And, and in doing that, he would prove to me that he did the crime. And then all that evidence that may not have come out in, in, in his trial comes out in my mouth and they'll, and they'll, those cops are going to know it came from him. Yeah. You know, this is this is the ridiculous side of this. They think that because I had credibility I could just say I did it and it'd be alright to get these people out of prison, but it doesn't work like that. Well, I think what a lot of people don't realize is even in really affl- a- 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 affluent because I can't, I need another cup of coffee, Jesus Christ. Even in really affluent families, you have that bad egg that is going to go to prison that's kind of that odd duck, and my family's no different, you know? Like, my brother Phil has been in prison three freaking times, and I don't think he, he couldn't fight his way out of a paper bag, but just using <laughs> him as an example. So, I mean, if, if somebody was to kill somebody in, in, in our family, and let's say that Phil could actually fight, you know, he's going to be gunning for that person. He might wind up with, uh, you know, in prison with that person. Who admitted to something he didn't do, and thinking to himself, "Oh, he killed our uncle, or he killed our cousin Danny." That's right. Yeah, and go. I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to take care of this 
this son of a bitch myself. Yeah, well, he ended up with a he ended up with a shiv in his in his kidney. Right? Yeah, whatever. Yeah, you know, yeah. when when in reality the dude didn't do it at all. He was just taking the fall because the detective said, "Hey, you ain't going anywhere anyway. Help me close this case out." <laughs> well, yeah. how about how about the how about the brother that 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 turns in his other brother because he's facing a drug charge and his brother brother he knows he killed people. Yep. Ooh, yeah. So I know a guy. I knew a guy in here that has, was down for three murders. Why was he down for three murders? He's gotten away with it, but his brother was facing six months in jail for a drug violation, and he turned on his brother to keep out from going to jail for six months. Dude, that is messed that up. That is fucked up. Like I have complained so about. His, so his brother goes to prison for the rest of his life. Well, and then, and of course, the drug addict can't get away, stay away from drugs, so eventually gets caught with drugs again, but he can't play that card again. Yeah. He can't play it because he already sent his brother to prison. You know, now, he, now he's going to have to go to prison, but he can't be in the same prison where the brother's at because his brother now wants to kill him. Yes. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm not very close with my brother Phil because Phil's just a, he's a weird cat, man. But... You're a weird cat, well, I no Phil's <laughs> Phil's like a douchebag. That's the only way to put it, man. My brother Phil is a total douche. But like, seriously, if I if if I knew I was going to go to prison for and it's like six months, I still wouldn't throw him yeah. under the bus because no, there's fucked up and then there's extremely fucked up and that is on my extremely fucked up category. I'm not gonna yeah. say, hey, I know that I might do six months in a in a jail or a prison, but. My brother Phil killed four people, and I can prove it. No, that's that's jacked, man. That is jacked. Fuck. Yeah, it's it's ridiculous. But I see this in here a lot. I mean, there's there there's people. You know, there's there's a rat in in everybody's mind. There really is. They can't wait to tell anybody. You know, they're, yeah. They're, you know, you you go down the chow line and. and uh, 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 you ask for another scoop of potatoes, and the guy said, I can't give you another scoop of potatoes because, you know, that cop's going to make me, you know. I said, just give me another scoop, good at him. You know, you don't have to tell him. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> it's not they're, like you're paying for got, it. All of a sudden, they all got a, they got caught at whatever crime they are, and they come to prison, and they, all of a sudden, they got morals, right? Yeah. <laughs> how dare, how dare, I can't, I can't do this. You know, I, I, it begins the rules. Oh, okay, great. Yeah, because they've yeah. never broken the rules before. Never. <laughs> what a well, clunky day! Just like the guys that come to work, we got guys to go to work down there. So they, they, oh, we're a great worker. They get to work, they get their job, and then when they get there, they do everything they can not to work. Hey, we know people like that. I have seen people yeah. work harder and at not, not working <laughs> than what the job would actually be. Yeah, that's right. I mean, yeah. I work doesn't that amaze you? I work in the clothing room and and. and they came down with a cart of, 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 of shirts, and it does. It takes a little while to sort out the, the different sizes of the shirts. Well, last night, uh, this one guy, that's, his job is a shirt. What does he do? He just grabs the piles of shirts out of the cart, throws it up on the up on the on the tabletop where the guys come down to get shirts, and lets them pick through them to get the shirt they want. <laughs> because he's too lazy. He's too lazy to go through and sort them by size. See, I don't so now even he understand. just throws them up there in a big pile and says, you take care of it. I don't even understand people like that because if you're at work, whether you're in the prison or you're out here, if you're at work, you're getting paid to be there. What the fuck else are you going to do? Like, seriously, what else are you going to do? Occupy your time. <laughs> fuck. Yeah. 
Well, you know, I've been in that job for 11 years plus. Wow. And I've seen a lot of, I've seen it, the dynamics of the clothing room change over every six months. The new sergeant and everyone's got a new policy on how to do things. So wow. you watch things develop. And in prison, that's just how it is. You get, you know, you can take 20 guys, put them down and say, yeah, I'll have the same job. Half of them are not going to do anything. Yeah. They're going to try to... They're kind of screw the system. In other words, they think they're screwing the system, and actually, what they're doing, they're screwing their fellow inmates that have to pick up the job that they're not doing. Right, right, right. That makes yeah, that, yeah, that's that what makes they're doing. No sense, yeah. And that's their mentality. That's the way they look at it. Yeah, you know? that happened to me when I was at CRCI no, because um, they, I actually got a job in the intake because they fired the whole crew because the whole crew was messing up. They're like, you know what? We don't want to just blame one of you. We're getting rid of all of you. <laughs> it was your so fault, I was not at fault. It was your fault. It's always your fault. You're, no. you're over there looking all shifty and shady and shit. If, if, you get, if, there's a, if there's a weapon found on the job site, they fire the whole crew. Right. They do, right. Not, they do not go after it and try to get the one person responsible for it. They'll throw it out there and say, all right, we're going to fire the whole crew if, if the one person responsible doesn't come forward. Well, the one person responsible is not going to come forward. Right. They right. never do. Yeah, they so they never fire do. the whole crew. They fire the whole crew, and they start with a new crew. And, of course, later down the road, they'll find another problem, and they'll fire that crew. Right. That's why I have a tendency to have a job. I, I want a job where I don't have to worry about the whole crew. Right. And that that's what I, you know, I stay away from the problem. I see a problem develop, I just leave. I, just, I don't just stick around. I, I'm not going to play this game. Yeah. It's probably the smartest move, man. Like, seriously, like, why, why involve yourself in somebody else's bullshit? Yeah, you don't want to get, you don't want to get caught up in this. This is, this is really easy in prison to get caught up in someone else's problem. You don't want to do, you just want to just leave off and just, it's like when a fight happens anywhere, uh, let's say in the dining room. If a fight happens right, I've had it happen right next to me. Where it is going out. I leave my tray and I walk remaining. off. I leave my tray and I just walk off. That's what I do. I'll call you right back. All right. All right. Remember, you can send us an email at brutalnation at twistedbluellc.com. Check us out on Medium, Crime Beat on Medium, and wherever you get your blogs. Go on to Facebook and join the citizens of Brutal Nation. Become a citizen today. Interact with us. Come on. Don't be afraid. I don't bite, but Dammy does. But, you know, she's had all of her shots and her, her rabies tag is, you know, up to date. This show's copyrighted 2023 by Twisted Blue LLC. All rights are reserved. And remember, if you're hearing this or any part of this on anybody else's show or podcast, they're lying. Thieving bastards. We'll talk to you guys later. Bye-bye.